0: Welcome to Uncharted Journeys. I'm your host, Kathy McKnight. If you're like me and you've ever sat back and wondered, how did I get here? Whether literally or figuratively in terms of your career or life in general, then you're in good company and have come to the right place. On Uncharted Journeys, you'll hear from amazing women about their straight and narrow, zigzaggy or somewhere in between paths to success. This week's guest is a trained business coach and mindset mentor. She has a background in business consulting with one of the largest consulting firms in London. Prior to pivoting to follow her passion for helping others with her coaching, she started, scaled, and sold her property business. Today, she's focused on helping women who feel unfulfilled and who are looking to create a legacy as well as their own freedom by building businesses of their own. She teaches people how to set solid foundations to ensure long-term sustainable success as well as how to incorporate social and environmental environmental aspects to the company set setup, enabling these new ventures to give back alongside financial success. She's an avid traveler, loves new experiences, and absolutely loves people that she works with to create incredible businesses along the way. Welcome, Laura Parr.
1: Hi, Cathy. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, thank you for being here. How's uh, summer shaping up in London?
1: It's pretty good. We're, we're in a bit of a heat wave at the minute, so it's a little hot and sticky, which obviously we're naturally not used to, but um, yeah, I'm loving it. Can't complain.
0: Excellent. (laughs) Well, I gave our audience the very highlight reel of who you are and what you do. Maybe you can give them a little bit more details about your your current gig and how you got here.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, So as you said, I'm a business coach and I specialize in what I call conscious businesses. So my business is called Conscious Business Design. Um, And what I like to do is I love, I've always loved business and I love helping women to start and scale their own businesses. But I'm very careful that it's not just about the amount of money that people make, but it's also about, um, you know, how to give your business meaning, how to give it um, some kind of, um, you know, passion and purpose. So and for women, a lot of that means giving back. So consciously and conscious businesses for me actually take two sides. So it's either being conscious with the business itself in terms of its structure, how you set it up, you know, maybe it gives back in some way. There are ways that you can do that without having to wait until you're making money, because I think a lot of people think that, you know, being philanthropic means you have to make your money first. Um, and then you can give back, whereas actually the way that you set your business up, you could maybe do that socially or environmentally. Um, but also about being conscious as to how you do set it up, because the business failure rate um, is around 50 percent um, and in the first few years. And that's quite high. So I think a lot of that for me is, you know, when I've spoken to people and when I've you know, worked with a lot of uh, a lot of women, it's that we jump into business quite quickly. And I think, you know, people have a great idea or they see somebody online and, you know, they're doing really well at, you know, whatever it may be. Um, And we kind of go, great, let me do that. And we jump in and we don't really think any more about it. Um, And actually, we need to be a bit more conscious, ask a few more questions. You know, does that thing fit with my life? You know, what do I want from it? Because as much as you may love something or you have a passion for something, if it doesn't, if it still doesn't provide you what you need and what you want, that's how people end up getting into businesses Um, You know, where they say they're doing it to spend more time with their kids, but then suddenly they find they're working 100 hour weeks and, um, you know, they haven't really put any systems or processes in, so they can't pass it off to anybody. So then they're missing all the family holidays. They can't pick their kids up from school. And the initial plan of being able to spend more time with family just disappears. So it's about being conscious when you're setting up as to what do you want and will this business work for what I want as a human being, not just as a business as a whole. So that's kind of, you know, what I do. Um, and I've kind of come to that from learning it the hard way. I used to have a property company. Um, I love property. I absolutely adore it. And I still do. But there are different facets to property. And this is where I fell short. I didn't ask the the conscious questions. And I didn't really work out, you know, exactly where I was going and why. And I ended up in a facet of property that ultimately I really hated. I really hated. Um and all that meant was that you know I then ended up selling the business and making the jump over to coaching people to to make sure that they don't do the same as I did essentially, um, and that's how I've I've come to be where I am and I absolutely love it now. It's great.
0: Oh, it's fantastic that you were able to pivot and you found a passion and are able to. I, I love and I I want to dig so much more into it about the the. The consciousness of it, the, the social and the environmental, and and whatever that consciousness is for the individual, it doesn't have to be one thing. And I love the fact that you know you're talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, about you know you don't have to wait until you've got that million dollar or you know five hundred thousand dollar pound or pound um, in the bank, right? It's about doing it from the get go and, and giving back and building something. So we will get into that, but as I do with all of my guests, I start with the four core questions. So if you're ready to go, we'll we'll dig into I those. I am. I am. Go for it. All right. So, what was the first career you remember wanting to do when you grew up?
1: This is probably going to be a very boring answer because I know people want to be astronauts and they want to be, you know, all these crazy things. I genuinely wanted to be in property. Um, I was that geeky kid that loved to watch. I don't know whether you get it over there in Toronto, but we have a, a program called Homes Under the Hammer, um, okay. where we basically you watch people buy homes um through auction and then you watch them do them up and sell them on and um i loved it i was addicted so yeah bit of a boring answer but i genuinely did want to be in property
0: <laughs> well you know what that you are the first you are <laughs> the first person i have ever known who had said yeah let's get in you know i want you know played real estate when they were younger so good for you for following your passion that's um that's fantastic who was the first big influence on your life
1: I would probably say it was my dad. Um, he was, um, you know, he he worked for quite a large company and he was self-employed as well. And that, I think, and, and both my mum and my dad, in fact, were self-employed. And I think that made me want to, you know, start and run my own businesses. Um, but also I remember him going through some really tough times in business too and saying things like, you know, to be successful in business, it's cutthroat and, you know, people are out for themselves and, uh, you know, and all these sorts of different things. And I remember thinking... I want to do it one day, but I want to do it. I want to do it in a way that I can show my dad that it's it can be done kindly, and we can be out for each other and not just ourselves. Um, and I remember that quite clearly. So I, I would say that's probably my my biggest influence.
0: It's uh, fantastic that you were able to take such a negative because most, I would say most people, if they heard, oh, it's cutthroat and everybody's out to get you and you know, you never, you know, you have to, you have to step on people, then that's, you know, you live what you learn and what you hear. And when you completely flip that on the reverse and are teaching people how to do it differently. So is there a song that epitomizes your career path or something that you're really tuned into right now? (laughs) Well, I wouldn't necessarily say tuned
1: into right now, but um, I asked my husband this question um, because I was a bit stumped, if I'm honest. Um, And maybe slightly worryingly, but also quite impressively. He came up with uh, Stop by the Spice Girls very quickly. Um, and actually we laughed and then we looked at the lyrics and the lyrics are like, hey, you always on the run, got to slow it down, baby, got to have some fun. And actually, if you look at what I've done, I was all about chasing the money and you know, it always had to be business, business, business. And I realised the importance of slowing down and making sure you actually really enjoy it. And one of my, um, you know, One of the things that I I love to do is make sure everything is is fun with my clients. When I work with people, at the end of the day, the more fun they're having with me, the more they're going to remember, the more they're going to learn and the more they're going to want to stick with it. So, um, yeah, ironically, it was a very good choice.
0: Well, that is the first Spice Girl song. So I thank you for. (laughs) Oh, no, that's given a lot away about me. Um, (laughs) And like, who doesn't love a good Spice Girl song, right? <laughs> well, exactly. It's the pit of um Well, what I'm, I'm not going to, to ask fair, you is which know. Spice Girl you associate with.
1: <laughs> no, good question. I don't know.
0: So, you know, when you think about your career, what three words would you use to describe your career? I would say, I would
1: say, ambitious. Um, I know full well that when I look at what I'm trying to achieve, um, to a lot of people, they kind of look at it and go, "Wow, like that's." Are you sure? Um, and I quite like that. Um it's sort of yes, it sort of instills a little bit of fear, but actually if it doesn't scare you, then your goal's probably not big enough. So I definitely say mm-hmm. ambitious I know I've already mentioned this word, but fun, that's a really big thing for me. Whenever I've done values work, fun has been one of my top values, um, both for me personally, but also in business as well. You know, everyone has this image that business has to be, you know, serious and it's about the P L's and it's about Um, you know the the turnover for the year and the clients that you get in but actually it can be fun and you can enjoy business Um, and I see it so often and I enjoy mine and my clients enjoy theirs and and I love that and I I would love to change the rhetoric around that Um, and then the third one I would say is community so I worked um, for a long time on my own um, and I'm very much a people person and that um, didn't sit well with me. And it was one of the big reasons why I sold my, my property company um, to work with more people and to be around a community of, of like-minded people. Um, and it's why I've set up and, and I'm starting and running and building a Facebook community um, of, again, like-minded women um, to be able to, to work together. Because I think, you know, we can, we can go so much further when we help each other rather than seeing it as, um, you know, me versus you, basically.
0: So we talked a little bit about, um, you know, what you're doing now and, you know, very little about how you got there. What has your career journey been like? How, you know, you mentioned that you wanted to get into property as a a young person, which is is great and you followed that dream, but it's very rarely is it linear. So what has it been like from, you know, going from, you know, playing realty to, to having your own coaching business today? So I went to I went to university and studied business. And
1: part of that was because I, I kind of knew I loved business generally. I find it fascinating. But at the same time, I also didn't really know what I wanted to do. Like I hadn't kind of twigged onto the fact that, um, you know, I really wanted to do property. Um, and I, I was under the impression that, again, I, you need money to start property. And, you know, it's something that people will do closer to retirement when they save something up. That's not true. But at the time, I thought that that was the case. So I didn't really see it as a viable career. Um, but I loved my, you know, my property degree, it was really interesting, but I naturally fell into a consulting role straight out of uh, university. Um, and don't get me wrong, I thank my my career for, uh, you know, a lot of different things. I met my husband there, for example. Um, but it just, it wasn't me. And I think I, you know, I remember my boss coming to me and saying, Laura, let's talk about promotion. We should be, you know, looking at the the career path that you're going to be taking. And my first instinct was, oh, God, no. Like, I just, I just don't want to do that. That's, you know, too much effort. And I already, and to me, that sort of sparked a bit of a red flag because it's like, well, if, if you're already not wanting to be promoted, that can't be the right career path for you you know, you should be excited for it, or at least be, you know, willing and prepared to, to go through the process. And I was neither. So that's what got me thinking about, well, what is it that I do want to be doing? Um, I realised I love property and thought, and still thought, well, I can't really get into it until I'm older. But, um, and you know, at least I can start learning about it now so that I'm ready for when I do have cash. And in the process of learning and going to networking events and meeting people and so forth, I realised that you don't actually need money in every strategy that that you use. And I started to get noticed around, um, you know, around the scene in London. Um, I went to loads of different networking events. I learned so much about different types of property, the the different routes you can take, investments. I did courses. I invested in myself. Um, And ultimately, there was an investor who took notice in me and offered me a job with him. So... I ended up quitting my corporate role and I did go and work with him for a little while, um, but at least it was in the career that I kind of wanted to go into. Um, and that led me to then eventually sort of spitting away and, and doing my own thing. But as I sort of hinted out or mentioned at the very beginning, there are so many things that, you know, property is an all encompassing word. You can do so many different things within property. Um, And I still love it. I still, you know, if you gave me a million pounds, the first thing I would do is is be buying properties and doing them up, renovating them, you know. And I love that part of it. But I naturally fell into, when you don't have cash, there are a few sort of strategies that work best for you. And I fell into a strategy where I was managing tenants. um, I was doing guaranteed rentals. um, And ultimately, that was a smart business decision, But I hated it and I absolutely hated it. And before I knew it, it had been 10 years and I'd been doing it for a decade. Um, And the more and more I did it, the more and more. I just it ran its course with me and I just really didn't enjoy it. And it was at that point that I, I then sort of started going, well, what is the point in this? Because I kept torturing myself with, yes, but you're an expert in the industry now. People know you for this. You've built up all these skills. You know, why not double down on the skills? You know the strategy. It's cookie cutter. Why don't just you, know, you just keep going and you know the path to success? Um, but ultimately, I then just desperately didn't want to do it. And I could see people that were progressing far quicker than me um, at a strategy that I knew I was better at, and ultimately that was down to the fact that they loved it and I hated it. So it was far more effort for me to go and get new clients, and to um, you know the th- even the thought of trying to build the business and scale it up um, just filled me with dread. So that's when I started, you know, asking the, the the real inner deep questions of you know what do I want my life to be about and. Um, you know, what's important to me, what's my purpose, all that sort of stuff. And that's ultimately what led me to to coaching. I'd already been doing it a little bit on the side anyway. Um, and I realized I love people and I love business. I love helping people with their businesses. Um, and I have a real passion for, um, you know, giving back and, uh, and, you know, the environmental side of things and the social side of things. And I love social enterprises and I did some at university. And so I kind of combined it all together. Um, and that's ultimately, you know, where I'm at now and what I do. So it's a, a long process, a long journey, as you can tell. But I eventually got there, and um, it was it was well worth it.
0: It's so inspiring the fact that you were able to gather all of the different elements of things that you loved and and build a business, a second business, um, and are doing that. And the courage that it took you to walk away from something where you were at the top of your game where people were looking at you going, I want to be her from a knowledge perspective, from an expertise perspective, and that you were able, you, you could be so, um, introspective and honest with yourself to say, yeah, I could keep doing this and keep making money. And you know, that would be fine, but you're not happy. Like it's, it's not fulfilling your, your soul or your passion. And you go to bed and your bank account is full, but you're you're feeling empty. And to walk away from that and start something new, that takes a ton of courage. It was hard. I'm
1: not going to lie. It was, um, it was a decision that I kind of wish I'd made sooner. But realistically, because it was such a big decision, I did dwell on it for a long time. And I did kind of think, well, is this a waste of my expertise and my knowledge and all those sorts of different things? But at the end of the day, I got to the point where... I think I was just so miserable doing what I was doing that it almost didn't matter how much money I was making. And it didn't matter that my reputation was in that industry because I just had to ask the existential questions as to, you know, what's most important to me and why am I here? Um, And yeah, ultimately, happiness is far more important than the money that you're getting. So or oh, at least it is in my perspective anyway. So it forced me to make that decision, which, um, yeah, I'm very, very grateful for.
0: Was there a defining moment, a decision, an action, something that really significantly impacted that trajectory to the new career? Was it, you know, walking into a room of, of other realtors and going, I have nothing in common with these people <laughs> or, you know, talking to somebody who had just started, like what, there must have been, I'm not saying there must have been, was there something that really was that instigation that said, nope, that's it, it's time for a change?
1: Yeah, I think there were a couple of things and I think one of them was um, I had somebody managing for me for for quite a while because when I um, had my daughter, I just didn't want to be dealing with um, you know all that work and so I had somebody that was doing everything but then she ultimately uh, had to leave. It was only ever going to be a temporary thing and when I took everything back over, I just remember the tenants coming in with with very, very basic requests and they were things that they had every right to request. It was just things like, you know, oh, the boiler doesn't seem to be working. Can you help me with that? Or, um, you know, I'm thinking about handing my notice in and that's just everyday management of the company. That's not, you know, crisis point. That's not, you know, oh, good God, we have a real, real issue here. And yet, I had a very visceral reaction to it. I just was filled with dread and the thought of the work that would it would entail, my mind would escalate everything that they were doing. So it's, oh, it's the boiler now, but if it doesn't work and I don't get it fixed quickly enough, then they're going to get angry. They might complain. They're going to leave. I mean, the chances of those things happening, but I was in such a point of, I just do not want to do this work, that even the smallest things and the day-to-day business was making me miserable. And actually, in hindsight, I'm really grateful for that, because a lot of people go through life and they're just, they're okay. Their job is okay. Um, You know, it's not dreadful at all, but it's also not what they want to be doing. But because it is okay, and because it pays the bills, you know, maybe their manager's okay as well. Um, They don't really act on it, because there's not enough hurt in there and there's not enough negativity for them to be forced to make any form of change and in that circumstance um, and it's a, a you know a recognized psychological phenomenon they'd actually be better off if their situation was worse and for me i felt like i've been thinking about this for so so long and yet that moment of well all they're doing is putting in a you know a very normal everyday request and yet i'm reacting so dramatically to it that's my that's my mind saying ding 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 Laura come on you've had enough now let's go um and very shortly after that I had one of the worst tenants I've ever had in the decade that I've been doing it um and she was just categorically awful and I think that for me was the nail in the coffin um and I just sort of said yeah absolutely and that's why I've never regretted sort of selling it Um, And that doesn't mean to say that, you know, that's what property is like. But I think, like I said, for me, it just it wasn't my
0: passion. And therefore, it just took its toll. She was your inflection point.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She was absolutely my inflection point. Yeah, that was enough for me.
0: (laughs) Well, and it's interesting, not everybody, I, I go back to what you said about, you know, some people get stuck in stasis because it's, while it's not wonderful, you're not excited about going to work or doing whatever it is that you're doing, it's not super painful. You're not dreading it. It's, you know, you're not like, no, pull the covers over your head and I don't want to get out of bed. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, again, I, I I throw the word courage back at you because there are many people where even when they get to that point, Mm -hmm. they still don't have the courage to do something about it Mm -hmm. because they have family, because they worry about their retirement, because, they think they're not worthy because they they don't know if they're ever going to be able to do anything else. And what if I fail? At least I have this. Yeah. And that's a mindset that I think um, our generation, generation coming up behind me, you're probably a bit younger than I am, that we've had to figure out on our own because our parents don't come from that. Our parents are were about security. They were about you stay with a job. You don't leave a job until you have another job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know you, you you don't get into debt over your you know pushing it to its limit right you you find that that middle ground kind of thing, and I think that's one of the amazing things that um, we're seeing a shift in is that people aren't maybe sometimes they f- they fly too quickly, maybe they don't give it the chance it's oh it 's not what I was thinking of, and they're gone but when I mean you talk about ten years of your life and coming back after having your daughter, which is a big change, right? And mm-hmm. our, our perspectives change when we have children. So having the courage to make that change, even though now you have this new dependent, and most people would lean into the security, that's you know, that's, that's amazing. So what's your current role? Like, what is it that gets you up in the morning? What are some of the challenges? And I suspect that there's different compromises that you're making now versus what you were doing then. So talk to me a little bit about those.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say, for me, I, I genuinely love what I do. But also, it's about what I'm going to do with it as well. Um, and my, I, you know, I use the words ambitious at the, at the very beginning. My goal is very ambitious and I get that. And when I think about it, I kind of think, oh my God, like what am I thinking? Um, but actually for me, that's quite inspiring. And so, you know, when I get out of bed in the morning, number one, I'm thinking about what it can provide my family. I have two children now, um, a very supportive and loving husband. We love spending time together. I would love to spend more time with them. I'd love to be able to show my kids, Um, you know the world I love traveling as I as you know you said in my introduction and that's all possible because of what I'm doing but also I love the fact that I can show my children that you don't have to you know job isn't just to put food on the table and um, you know money in the bank a job can really be fun and you know it's that typical phrase and I sort of love to hate it about um what is it you you never work a day in your life if you love what you do essentially. And I, you know, you hear it banded around all the time, but actually it is so true because if you do love what you do, um, then you don't see weekends as different to Monday mornings. You don't dread the Monday mornings. You actually get excited about, Oh, I get to do this and I get to work with this person. I wonder how they're doing in their business. Oh, I get to catch up with that person. I wonder if, uh, you know, that contract was signed, you know, all these sorts of different things. It's suddenly it's become exciting again because you're doing exciting things. So that, kind of gets me up in the morning because I know that I'm doing something really cool and I know that you know all these businesses that I'm helping people to create um, I'm encouraging more social and environmental give back which for me is like the ultimate leverage it's it's you know I'm trying to help the planet at the same time and help people at the same time as you know helping the individuals that I'm working with and I love that I think that's great um, it definitely does come with all oh, challenges um, for sure I know that's probably what are going with um yeah I mean it's it's one of those we're, we're now in a time where you know we have to be everywhere and do everything and I have two children my youngest is is nine weeks so I'm still oh my goodness yeah congratulations <laughs> Thank you very much um so I'm still sort of taking a bit of time off at the moment um but generally speaking with two children it's you know difficult to stay consistent online for example and that's a big thing in um you know making sure that you know people know who I am and what I do and how I can help them and all these sorts of different things so that's definitely a challenge for me um at the minute that I'm trying to sort of um, definitely get better at for sure um but yeah I, I mean with all of these things I do love a good challenge anyway so Um, I'm very fortunate that I have a mindset where I see them as a, as a challenge rather than a, you know, something that's going to stop my business. Um, And it's just about where's the solution. So uh, yeah, that's, that's probably what keeps me going.
0: Nine weeks and here you are looking amazing and having a conversation and fully put together. Hey, I'm having a conversation that isn't about nappies and poo probably really excited to get on the call actually when <laughs> I think about great. it yeah just for just for context my kids are 18 and 21 so okay. it's it's been a long time since I've had a nappy conversation <laughs> um so again congratulations thank you I'm, I'm curious I you know I've I've spoken to other coaches and and I have friends who are coaches and whatnot and and looking at the different ways they've pulled their business together and mm-hmm. I've got to say when I was preparing for our conversation and, and doing some Google foo and, and checking you out and your business and, and where you've been and whatnot, mm-hmm. I was absolutely just so intrigued by the concept of creating, you know, coaching isn't, you know, a lot of people are doing coaching. It seems to be kind of a, a thing right now, yeah. which by the way, I love that. It's part of my job that I absolutely adore. <laughs> we, we do it with executives. Um, how did you, how did you successfully tie in the and find the clients who are wanting to give back as they're building their business? I know, as you know, I've I've been in business for myself for going on twelve years now, and you know, while yes, I did things on the side, I always made sure that you know our our kids when they got allowance, it you know part of it was saved for taxes, part of it went for they had a charity box, and then part of it was they were allowed to spend because we wanted them to understand that, you know, those are the three facets facets of your your life you always need to take care of. Right, you need to make sure that you're able to pay the bills. You need to be giving back to the world, whether it's financially or and or with your time. And then, yes, make sure that you have money to to spend and save. Mm-hmm. But to find people who are willing to right out of the gate where. I mean, you're sticking stuff together with with spit and, and sticky tack, you know, to, to get to the next paycheck. Sometimes, how did you find building that element that 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 particular side of your business? How did that go? Like, were you are you stuck for finding people? Were people like, yes, absolutely, I've been looking for this. I, this is pure curiosity. Is, is how did that go for you? Yeah, no, I mean, good. Do you know what? It's it's
1: innate within. Women more so than men, um, I think, but to the sort of that caring, nurturing sort of side of us, um, we want to give back. We want to help people. And I think one of the big issues is that there's a misconception that, um, you know, business is um, all about making money and especially when you want to. You know, or when you first start, you have to pay the bills, like you say, and you have to put things on the table, or you know, pay the school bills and and all these sorts of things. And so that's the forefront of your mind. But people think that you therefore can't. They kind of think, yeah, yeah, I'd love to give back, but right now it's all about me and my family and making my money. And there's nothing wrong with that for a start. So you know, taking away all of the labels that people think, oh, I'm a bit selfish because I don't really want to. Um, you know, to to do anything for anybody else right now because I need to think of me and my family. That's not selfish. That's actually very, very smart. Um, But by sort of trying to educate people that there are ways that you can do this without having to compromise that desire to give back and to do the world some good. So, you know, you don't have to have money in the bank to be able to, to be philanthropic. You can, like you say, give it with your time, but also just give it with the structure of your company. Um, you know, you can still make millions if you so desire, um, whilst also using the right suppliers or by using, you know, different materials that actually take materials away from landfill rather than by, you know, using sweatshops in the Far East, for example. So there are different sort of decisions that you can make. I mean, there are amazing there's some cafes um, in London and there's a really famous one up in Glasgow as well. I mean, they're all over the place now, but um cafes that give back to the homeless so you can buy one or well, buy two coffees but take away one so one gets left on um you know on the side essentially not on, literally on the side but it means that somebody can come in and grab a coffee that can't afford one but there are also cafes that employ homeless people for example so they offer up more than just you know training because obviously there there are additional complexities to doing those things you need to be able to provide housing you probably need to be able to provide some form of psychological help or, or counselling because there are reasons as to why these people are, um, are without a home. Um, but then it also provides the training. It also provides the job security and all these sorts of different things. Um, you know, so it's taking a model that is creating money for you and creating a business. You can still look after your family, but you're just changing one very small, slight thing. And there are, I could go on for hours about the different examples of, you know, things that you can buy or people that you can, um, employ, um, that will, that will create a business for you that is no different to any other business in terms of, you know, its financial trajectory. However, it's doing some incredible things and it's helping people that maybe aren't normally helped within the job market, for example. So as soon as I started to sort of educate people about these kind of things and you start to say look you don't need to compromise on your income and you don't need to compromise on um you know what it is that you want from it and in actual fact when i start working with clients one of the first things i do is i say right forget the business for a second what do you want and one of the exercises i love to do with my clients is called rich life and i literally say throw all caution to the wind there are no rules what does your rich life look like and With that, that means that there are no boundaries, so no monetary boundaries in any way. Um, And it means, you know, if you want to fly on a private jet, put that on on your list. If you want to have someone cook all your meals, put that on your list. And we work out what the perfect life of that person looks like. And then we create the business that will allow them to have that and give back. And as soon as people realize that they can actually do both and it doesn't need to be a compromise, then it's almost a no brainer.
0: Yeah, it, it makes complete sense. And you're you're preaching to the choir. So it'd be like, well, of course, that that is what you would do. Right. And, and like I said, that's, that's the way we we work in our house as well. But, you know, so many, it's always when I, then I, right, Absolutely. when I act, then I will X. And um, if we could all just think a little more like you, then, um, and have you help. Build the business um then I think the world would be a much better space
1: oh well thank you that's the plan hopefully
0: (laughs) yeah you're you're doing it you're you are creating an amazing legacy for your kids so if you weren't in the coaching space if there was an alter ego alter world where you know no as you said your you know your rich life Mm. exercise where you know this is completely no dependencies just you know your alter ego what would you be doing
1: Mm. See, this is a hard question because I love... One of the th- the things on my sort of rich life list is variety. I love doing lots of different things. So I, I'd potentially do something um, in travel or abroad. And I think it's it's innate within me. I, I love doing... I just... I really do love helping. So if I weren't helping in this capacity, I'd just be helping in another capacity. I think I'd probably be doing... Um, some kind of you know groundwork in east africa or something like that um i've done that before and i've really enjoyed it um and i'd probably be encouraging people to do the same um i i love event planning as well i love a good event and um i'm one of those very strange people that really enjoyed planning my wedding whereas everyone else found it very stressful um so i might be sort of planning some kind of event um uh, around that as well maybe charity events something like that i think that would probably be what i would uh what I'd really enjoy
0: so maybe a charity event in Africa that yeah. helps build a school <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah wrap it all wrap it all in together I it,
1: well exactly combine everything it's a very hard question actually because I've I've literally I love what I do so much that it, I can't I can't see myself doing anything else do you know what I mean so it's a really difficult every time I start thinking about something I'm like no that's just coaching Laura and then I go, oh, no, no, but that's, what, that's exactly what I'm doing right now. So I'm trying to think of something a bit different.
0: That's a good thing. That's, that's a great thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess maybe I should rephrase, rephrase the question because I do. Some people get what I, I love what I do, so I wouldn't be doing anything. So, you know, if the world didn't need coaching, yeah. like if it was, yeah. you know, you've coached everybody and there's no one left to coach, where what would you do? Kind of thing, right? Um, but that was a great answer. For our listeners, particularly the women in our audience, what would be your best piece of advice, whether it's life, career, success, happiness, really anything you'd like to share?
1: I think I think my piece of advice would be to just take a minute to get quite introspective, quite conscious about what success and happiness um, means to you because we're told a lot about you know what success is. Um, you know how you can be more successful but actually it's a very very personal thing and I think that we need to understand that combining business happiness and success is actually possible for us all but we need to first off be able to understand what that actually looks like to us and be authentic enough to own that as well so if it's against the societal norms um, you know or whatever it is that you you genuinely do want yourself Um, if it's not something that your friends or your family um, necessarily like or respect or you know think you should be doing it's about being authentic enough and understanding enough of yourself to know that it doesn't matter and at the end of the day what you want is the most important and that all starts with taking that minute to actually work out what it is that you do want um, and knowing that it is your desires rather than um, you know somebody else's because the amount of times that you know I've speak, spoken to people and they think that they're telling me what they want and actually when I give them an alternative they realize that actually they were they were thinking about what society is telling us that we should be doing for example um, and and their answer has been based upon that so it's actually a really hard thing to do it sounds simple but it's quite difficult to to literally question everything and say is that because I want it or is that because I've been told that I want it but once we know that happiness is so much easier and business is so much easier to attain i think so that would be my advice take that minute be a little bit introspective
0: it's great advice um i think we often get caught up um in what others are telling us yes and you know, those seeds are planted and, and whatnot. And it's, it's often really difficult to break away from that. And the older you get, the more difficult it is. But it's never too late is what I am finding. I'm, I am speaking with women who have pivoted in, you know, their 40s, their 50s, and they've had amazing careers and then just, nope, not doing it anymore and gone off and done something completely different. And they're happy. And it's, it's not that they detested what they did before, Mm. but now they're truly um, connected to what they're doing. Mm. Uh, So it's, yeah. As well, you know, you, I think a lot of people,
1: like you say, they think that this has to be done in the twenties or thirties or possibly forties. But if you get any older than that, then just, you know, stick with what you've got and and that's your lot. And uh, I mean, we're, we're getting to a stage now where, our life expectancy is, is closer to the triple figures than it is to, you know, to the sort of, you know, 50, 40, 50, 60. So we've got a lot of life left to give. And, you know, at 50, why not pivot? Why not pivot at 60 or 70? You know, I, I know I've um I heard of uh, a lady that um she decided she wanted to get fit at about, I think she was 75. And she started picking up weights and doing, you know, weights at 75. Most 75-year-olds wouldn't even consider that. But, you know, she's doing amazingly well and she's the fittest she's probably ever been um and I just think fair play to her that's incredible
0: yeah fantastic yeah it's it's yep it's amazing I see you know people there's actually one gentleman in our our neighborhood he's he's got to be pushing 80 and Mm -hmm. I see him out running every single day I love that regardless of weather snow rain doesn't matter he's plodding along he's 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 not he's not going to don't make any land speed records or anything, but he's out there doing his thing yeah. and good on him. I know. It's, just, it's fantastic.
1: My 85 year old neighbor is always out on his bike and I'm just, every time you just want to applaud it. It's very impressive. Yeah. I love it. Definitely. It be more like when i older.
0: Well, Laura, thank you so much. This has been fantastic. Where can our audience find you? Web social, any other, um, events or anything that they can they can track you down at? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm on Instagram
1: under the Instagram name of I am Laura Parr with a couple of dots in between. So I dot am dot Laura Parr. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as well under my name. Um, I do have if anybody is interested in, um, you know, conscious businesses and, you know, maybe starting conscious business. Um, I just set up and started a, a Facebook group that people can join. I'll be helping people on there. Um, and if anyone is London-based, then um, we do have an event coming up in September as well um, that is all around women's wealth. We're trying to sort of change the perspective around women's wealth. Um, and I've just co-authored on a book um, around that topic specifically. So you can either get that on Amazon um, or come to the event if you are London, uh, in London around that sort of time. Um, so, yeah, those are, those are just a few ways that you can get in contact. But... Um, I'm sure you'll find me on plenty of other
0: places as well well this has been wonderful again congratulate boy or girl that you just Little had
1: boy, alex. Little Yeah, boy alex
0: <laughs> nice very nice congratulations um i audience you can't see her but she looks amazing for nine weeks well she looks amazing period you throw in that it's she's nine weeks post baby birth um i my hat is completely off to you uh i did not look that well put together after nine weeks. (laughs) Um, So Laura, thank you so much for today's conversation. Uh, I'm inspired, I love what you're doing. To my audience, thank you for listening to Uncharted Journeys with me, your host, Kathy McKnight. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Laura and hearing about how authenticity and being true to your own passions will bring you happiness and success at any age. If you're keen to hear more amazing stories from amazing women, you can head over to unchartedjourneys.net and listen to some of the other episodes. You can sign up also for our email list, as well as check out the links and resources in the show notes. Thank you again for listening. See you next time. And until then, enjoy the journey.
1: Too fast Racing so hard to know